1: Welcome back to 1140 The Bet Las Vegas. Adrian Hernandez here for the final NBA playoff slash NBA finals preview. But now we'll call it the recap as the Golden State Warriors are your NBA champs. And joining us to discuss the finals free agency that'll be here in less than two weeks is Zach Harper. Now he's from The Athletic. But he does so much more, whether it's Sirius XM NBA Radio, Mad Dog Radio, the Count the Dings Network, shout out to Jade Hoy, or a podcast called Cinephobe that I don't really understand, but it'll be my last question to get a clear description. So first off, Zach, how are you doing?
2: I'm excellent. How are you doing?
1: Man, I'm doing fantastic. Well, I'm kind of bummed that the season's over. Um, But as we kick off this interview, uh, and like I said before we started, I admire the amount of content and things you're involved with. And I don't usually go long on the intro but I didn't even mention Metal Arc Media and the post game shows so I want to start right there. Talk me through trying to do a podcast and one of your co-workers showing a guest some porn on his laptop. What was going through your mind? Sadly,
2: what was going through my mind was of course. Uh that that tends to be what what happens there is uh it's just a uh, of course this is happening right now but yeah, man, that's the that's the thing about these uh, these live streams, especially when we're involved. You never know what's going to happen, and uh, I just feel bad for Kevin O'Connor, the ringer. You know, he was subjected to uh, to something he probably was not uh, looking to see that night.
1: And you know, I'm very keen on serial killer behavior, and kind of as a society, I thought we moved away from laptops being the spot that we watch porn, right? Yeah, or just like have the
2: sense to, to close a tab every once in a while, even if you're going to. Like, I mean, it's not it's not that difficult. Like, you just, you know, you watch it, you close it, it's
1: fine. Yeah, it's like Twitter. Like, not many people, unless you're using TweetDeck, are, are tweeting from their laptops. But um, let's get into these finals now and, and what else happened on these finals courts. And I, I want to focus on the the antics, and we've talked enough about sex, so we don't have to talk about Steph's parents and everything. But spending 10 k on a ticket and to be able to, to present yourself as an NBA player and get on the court for 10 minutes and put up some shots is money well spent, correct?
2: Um, it, it is like I look, I can see both sides of this, right? I, I think the Warriors were embarrassed, and this guy <laughs> did try to get away with something you're not supposed to do, and so technically, you are subject to this. Also, this is completely on security. We have to be honest about this. That dude looks more like Klay Thompson than you and I do, but he doesn't look that much like Klay Thompson. Like, I don't know what we're doing here. Like, it, it doesn't make any sense to me that this would work the way it did. Uh, but I will say my favorite comment as I was defending, you know, this fake Klay Thompson, my favorite comment I saw on Twitter was someone responding to him with, I just saw in your bio that it just says YouTuber, and now I'm on the warrior side of this. And I, I, I respect that.
1: He has, like, 8.42 – what's his name? It's Big Dawes TV. He's got, like, 8.5 mil subscribers, though. <laughs> I mean, sure, like, that, that's a lot of subscribers
2: and, like, power to him. But is it just from looking like Clay Thompson? Like, I, I honestly – that's the only thing I know him from is just the pictures of games. Um, And then this video. And so, and I'm not trying to be disrespectful. I just, I'm not in that YouTube world. I'm rarely on YouTube.
1: Yeah, facts. But in terms of YouTube and content, um, a podcaster finally won an NBA Finals. Congrats to Draymond Green. And I want to kind of settle this. Do we want NBA players to be able to give us content or not? Because there's been a lot of backlash over how a dude is spending 30 minutes after work and what he does and what he gets into.
2: It's stupid. It's stupid that, like, what you don't, nobody actually cares what he's doing with his time after work as long as it is lawful, right? That's the only time, anytime it's like, oh my God, he's out doing this, it's only because people are just bored with their own stuff. Like, it's dumb. Like, he gets to podcast if he wants to. By the way, he gets to talk as much trash as he wants to, he gets to reveal as much as he wants. Uh, Like, I don't know why we have an issue with this. All it does is raise the stakes and provide us more entertainment. So, why are people against this?
1: And personally, us in the industry, it gives us more to talk about. So I'm like, why are we complaining? Thank yes, you. It's free content for us. We want to shut that faucet <laughs> off? No, let the thing flow, baby. Yeah, 100%. And then let's flip over to the uh, the Celtics. Is it crazy for me to think that Robert Williams' this series, despite being banged up at the start, really played, outplayed, I should say, Jason Tatum in the finals?
2: Well, no, I mean, because. Jason Tatum got outplayed by Andrew Wiggins. So I don't think that's a that's a crazy stretch at all. Like I mean, Robert Williams was probably the most consistent guy. I think it's unfortunate that his, his need didn't allow him to play more. And obviously they wanted to switch up a bunch of coverages and rotations and stuff to that limited his minutes anyway. But no, I mean Tatum was just all over the place. Like you the winning is about consistency in the NBA and the Celtics didn't have that um, in in the finals, they didn't have that in the first part of the season. They had it from like mid-season through the Eastern Conference playoffs, which is still a great accomplishment. But man, like Tatum, Tatum's going to get a lot of a lot of flack for this, and some of it's deserved, and some of it's just going to be hand wringing over over really nothing. But um, but yeah, man, I mean, shout out to Robert Williams III. Like he was fantastic in the series.
1: And and uh, the Metal Ark post game show that's available on YouTube right now. Um, and I know you talked about this on how. You know, even from the second half, but for me, really focusing in on the playoffs, like every series from Boston to Milwaukee um, to Miami, you know, he kind of evolved and and improved, and that that stopped here in the finals. And I know some people said, hey, he got a stinger in that Miami series. They played back-to-back seven-game series, so he might be tired. Or, you know, he's young. He's 24 years old. Are any of those, like, valid excuses for him? Sure, but, like, did they win the title
2: no you know like look we can make excuses for any of these guys we can make excuses for any team that loses an nba finals and they can be valid but are we doing moral victory parades are we doing are we grading on a curve like it's not like we can say hey you lost four games in the finals but because you're only 24 we're actually going to give you those extra two wins like this is not how it works and so people just want to i think part of the problem is people want to like, over-criticize, and then people want to overcorrect that by making excuses. It's like, there's excuses, there's, there's reasons, but the thing that matters are the results. And they didn't get the results in the finals. They had a great season anyway.
1: They'll be back next year. And to me, for Boston, like, you know, negative or positive – To me, it kind of starts with Marcus Smart because I think, first off, offensively, if he gets downhill and he's able to go into these lanes, that just opens up the lanes for Jalen and Tatum. Then they attack, and then that's how Al Horford, like, game one, gets all these open threes. And we know how good Jason Tatum is defensively, winning Defensive Player of the Year. But to me, am I wrong in thinking, like, there was a huge lack of awareness for this team in certain situations, but I even go back to game four. They find – or game five, excuse me – Third quarter, they finally outperform the Warriors. The Warriors are trying to come back in the fourth quarter. In the middle of a run, Marcus Smart is still trying to get a flopping call, and it leads to an easy bucket for Clay Thompson. Like so, I guess not only is it frustrating, but does Boston need a true "quote unquote" point guard?
2: They just need they just need someone who's a, a table setter. So whether that's a point guard or a shooting guard or a small forward or whatever, like they do need someone who can organize an offense. Like if you look at available options and, and the, I'm not even saying they can get these guys cause they might be too expensive or it might not make sense logistically. But if you were able to add on like a mid-level exception, someone like a Jones, who actually probably to be, be too expensive or someone like a Ricky Rubio who's coming off an ACL. So that's a tricky situation, but a guy like that, you know, that, that, that's the type of table setter who can still compete on both ends of the floor, can really set up an offense and just keep everyone organized. Like that was the problem in the last couple of games. Their offense was really bad because the, the Warriors defense is really good, but also they just the plan went away. They stopped trying to get in the middle of the floor, they stopped trying to make the right pass. That was dribble, attack, maybe one pass. There was never an extra pass there. And that's just that's a sign of inexperience in the finals. That's a sign of inexperience against a team that their core has been there time and time again. And yeah, like they they need a point guard. I don't know if that means like you replace Marcus Smart or you replace Jalen Brown or you just move one of those guys to the bench or whatever that is. But they definitely need someone who just knows how to organize an offense throughout a game.
1: And on the flip side, from the Warriors' perspective, uh, you talked about Andrew Wiggins, or excuse me, American Wiggins, as you guys said in the post-game show, uh, which I thought was brilliant, that, you know, he really balled. And and this is kind of – he was the second-best player on an NBA championship team. And how crazy is it from a dude who – Glenn Taylor had to ask him to try before he was signing a $150 million contract to where he is now. And kind of how do you view this story of this season for him?
2: I mean, it's a great story. Like, I think it's funny because, like, so many people have been anti-Wiggins, and I can just always tell who watched him in Minnesota and who didn't, right? I am not think you needed to just say, like, oh, he's always going to be great. He'll be fine. Like, he wasn't. He needed a change of scenery. He probably wouldn't have done any of this in Minnesota because there's just no accountability there at least there hasn't been up until maybe the start of this year. But you know, Wiggins' has always been super talented. Jimmy Butler's always said, you know, he's the most talented one of those three when they were when they were in Minnesota together. Coaches have talked about how talented he is and how hard he works. It's just about learning how to win. The Warriors taught him how to win and what did that do? It made him hungrier, it made him realize, oh, I need to do this for us to win. Okay, I'll do that. And he was prepared. Like he did his homework. He knew where to take Jason Tatum and where to deny him. And he just flat out outplayed them. I mean, he outscored Jason Tatum 18 to 13 in the final mm. game of, of an NBA Finals to close it out. Like that's, I mean, that's pretty crazy. You know, I get it. Everyone's always like, "Oh, he makes so much money." You're right, and now he's earned it. Like now, you can't say the contract was a mistake, and that's how the contracts work. You just got to justify it by the end of the contract.
1: And he also had that dagger with five minutes left when the Celtics were trying to to come back, and I think they got it what to eight. And uh, my final Finals question here before I'm gonna get a. Hit you with a couple free agency questions in big picture. Um, But in terms of the agenda that had to die last night, which hurts my heart because I'm from Cleveland, but the no finals MVP agenda is over for Steph Curry. uh, Where do uh, haters, I guess, whatever we want to call it, what agenda's next? Like, do we have to go back to Chris Paul not having rings or which agenda is the next to appear?
2: We could do this crazy thing where we're just like appreciative of players and their accomplishments and not look to tear people down. Like, I know it's a crazy (laughs) idea and it might get get me kicked off the internet, but this is the thing I didn't understand about the Steph has no finals MVP thing. It's like, okay, did that make your team lose any less than they did to the Warriors? Like, what I don't understand what the argument is. Like, if I said this last night and, and I stand by it, like, if you are not getting paid to deny this man's place in history, If that is not part of your job, if you're not on TV or on radio or on a podcast or whatever, getting actually paid a living wage to deny this man's place in history, you're dumb. You're just flat out dumb. Like You don't know basketball. You don't know what you're watching or what you're talking about. This man is one of the greatest players we will ever see. Not shooters, not scorers. One of the greatest players we will ever see. Like It is no debate about it. And if you're still denying this, man, I just feel bad for him.
1: Well, listen, as a Cavs fan, the Warriors winning the title increases 2016's title in my perspective. So it makes it makes it that much more impressive. Um, but let's head to some offseason questions. Uh, to me, during the playoffs, the most fascinating story or thing that happened that I really feel like didn't get talked about enough was Game 7, Phoenix getting destroyed by Dallas. But what happened with DeAndre Jordan, where he only played, what, 17 minutes, gets into an argument with Monty Williams, like, just on that and the argument and how that played out, how do you feel about it? And then in this offseason on where the Suns go?
2: I mean, I've heard I've heard some things of what of what maybe was happening there. And, you know, I don't know. I'm not there, so I don't know. And I'm not covering the team. So, it, you know, it's all, like, third-hand stuff. So I, I don't know ne- necessarily what to believe. I just know from what I hear, it doesn't sound like there's a re- resolution that ends with anything other than him on another team. Now, that's tricky that's not just something he can outright do because he's a restricted free agent and so you know if someone goes out and maxes him with an offer sheet and he decides i don't want to help this team and you know i'm not going to do a sign and trade then they can just match it and there's nothing he can do about it he's got to go back to phoenix like it's not really up to him at this point i would maybe move towards trying to make that a better relationship so you can work out a sign and trade or you just take that one year qualifying offer you risk injury and you go into next season becoming an unrestricted free agent the following summer. I mean, I I, I don't know if there's a resolution to it, but I do know there are ways to get him off that team, and they probably have to start playing that game.
1: And then in terms of Donovan Mitchell, and I know he still has three years left in his contract, basically the question is, is this dude going to be playing in Miami next year? No. no, no, no.
2: <laughs> the Utah Jazz are hosting the All-Star Weekend in 2023. They, like, they're not going to trade Donovan. The whole thing is to look at, look at, at at everything with, hey, we're going to have the mayor of Salt Lake City, which is going to be played by Donovan Mitchell for this All-Star Weekend. It's going to be, oh, look how great this is. Oh, everyone's so happy. Oh, this is Donovan so team, team and everything. They want the and Cleveland
1: then, All-Star Game where, you know, Darius, Jarrett, Evan, the future's here, like that type of thing?
2: Pretty much, and that and that's what it's going to look like. And then next summer? Next summer, we'll see what that looks like. But this this year, no,
1: nah, man, he's not going anywhere. Rudy
2: might go somewhere. They might be able to switch out some of those other parts, but this this ownership group is committed to Donovan at least for now because they want to look good for All Star Weekend.
1: So then, from Donovan's perspective, the uh, I'm completely shocked Quinn Snyder got fired, and then with Andy Larson, uh, who covers the Jazz, like those are that was basically Donovan planting seeds for next year. Then,
2: no, it's just it's just it's to make you look better, It's to make you look like you didn't have anything to do with it. Like we see this stuff all the time with coaching firings or coaches stepping down and people. Not really, like I mean, the most famous ones. What probably Dwight Howard and Stan Van Gundy, yeah, right. Like that's probably the most famous one. And like guys act <laughs> shocked and all this stuff. It's just Stan is one of the few guys that would ever speak out and make it look dumb for the player. But but that's just because he doesn't really care about that stuff. But no, like I think this is just uh, hey, I didn't have anything to do with this coaching this coaching decision. Like, but I would like to know about the next one, and and he's doing them. That. And that's just how the agencies work.
1: And uh, Zach Harper joining us from the Athletic. Count the dings. And uh, be sure to follow him on Twitter at Talks Hoops. Talk Hoops. Talk Hoops. At Talks Hoops. And, uh, Zach, before we get you out of here, uh, I told you I needed to know. Can you just explain to me and the audience that's listening uh, what exactly is Cinephobe?
2: Oh, I'm so glad you asked that. Uh, Cinephobe is a podcast where Amino Hassan and I watch movies that are poorly rated on Rotten Tomatoes and we try to ascertain are they properly poorly rated or maybe they didn't get a fair shake. That's Cinephobe. It's produced by Anthony Mays. It's a part of Metal Lark Media and you find it wherever you get podcasts. We are in Matthew McConaughey month. Two for the Money just came out this week. Uh, Before that, we had The Beach Bum. We had The Ghost of Girlfriends Pass. And next week, we have a very highly anticipated episode, (laughs) Tiptoes, in which Gary Oldman plays a dwarf. That's right. Gary Oldman plays a dwarf. Matthew McConaughey movie. You're going to want to check that out next week.
1: Uh, No podcast has better research. Zach, real quick, the best Pixar character of all time.
2: Uh, is Wally a Pixar character? Yes, he is. He's Wally's the greatest. Over Buzz. Greatest, look, yeah, I'm, but, <laughs> Get out of here, man. Woody carried Buzz throughout that, those entire movies. Like Wally didn't speak for an entire movie and had everyone just completely like just focused in on what was happening. That's true talent, Buzz. <laughs>
1: Zach, we disagree. Woody definitely tried to murder Buzz, but I, I appreciate the time and thank you for hey, joining us, Zach. You mess around, you mess around, Buzz. You might get got. That's what happens in a Toy Story. <laughs> Yo, we close out your NBA Finals recap here on 11:40. The bet, Zach. Thanks for joining us. Appreciate it anytime.